0: Uh, A plant-based diet is the only diet that we've seen actually reverse advanced-stage cardiovascular disease and type 2 diabetes. And of course, cardiovascular disease is the number one killer in the world, so that's a big deal.
1: Hi, I'm Deanna Robbins. And I'm Christy North. Welcome to Pieces of a Woman podcast, where we explore all the pieces that make up a woman mind, body, and soul. By embracing all complexities of being a woman, our goal is to share real stories that inspire growth and empower all women to be the best versions of themselves. And as Maya Angelou so eloquently said, when we know better, we do better.
2: Thank you for taking this journey with us. So for those of you that are plant-based curious, we are excited to introduce Juliana Hever. She is a plant-based dietitian. She's authored six books, done a TED Talk, and been on the Dr. Oz show regarding plant-based nutrition. She's also the host of her new podcast, which was released 2021 on Choose You Now. So we just want to dive in and really have you share with us, Juliana, your background and how you started this movement with Plant-Based Dietitian.
0: Oh, it's such a long background and a windy, twisty story, but to sum it up, I've always been interested in nutrition and fitness and wellness, and it's just always been a long journey in that department. But then when I was about 16, when uh, the book by John Robbins, Diet for a New America was published, I stumbled upon that. And when I learned about the connection between food, where it comes from, the environment, animals, like all of that stuff that I had not really known anything about prior It shook my world and I was like, whoa, there's so much here. And I never even thought about it like this. It just kind of changed my mindset. So I decided after reading that book that I wanted to not contribute to that world. And so I went vegetarian or whatever it was at the time. This is so long ago, not to date myself, but my parents were good parents and they were worried about me because I was just eating, you know, granola bars and rice cakes and diet, whatever was not an animal. I didn't know what I was doing and I wasn't really cooking at the time. So, and my mom didn't know what the heck to do for me. So she, they were worried about me. So eventually they had, I always call this my intervention where <laughs> they had their friend who was a nurse and we all went out to a steakhouse and they had me order a teriyaki steak with a pineapple ring on top of it. While Kendra proceeded to tell me how I'm gonna be deficient in protein and iron and B12. And, you know, I got scared. She scared me adequately. But I always talk about, I talk about this in my book, The Vegetarian Diet, that first bite of steak after knowing and how once you know, you can't unknow. And it was a really hard bite. But of course, you know, we live in this, this world where it's just normalized. And I went back to the same old, same old, like got back into the routine. And But I kept thinking, you know, vegetarians aren't dying off. You know, we don't hear this like, Ooh, there are all these protein deficient vegetarians out there. And so I kept learning and reading and learning and reading. And then ultimately, then I was because I was an actress in Los Angeles and I was a personal trainer while I was in um, while I was doing acting. And then people were asking me about nutrition and I didn't want to just throw out some information. So I signed up for graduate school, got my master's in nutrition, became a registered dietitian. And alas, the journey began because then I got to go backwards and go, wait a second, you can get your iron actually sourced better from plants and protein is plentiful in plants. And I got to answer the questions myself firsthand. Like I got to dig deep into the science because, you know, you learn the statistical analyses and all the, all the stuff, You learn all the science background, I spent seven years in graduate school and that was it. And then I finally made the change. I had my daughter and then I made the change right about then and transitioned my diet and my health, like lifelong health problems were ameliorated. And then I started teaching it with my clients. And then I started speaking and an agent found me and asked me to write my first book. And here we are, I just, my seventh book is publishing next month in 10 years. So it's been quite a journey. So you are on your seventh book. What's the seventh book? Well, it's the Choose You Now Diet, like my podcast, Choose You Now podcast. And that all evolve from these conversations with clients over the years. I've worked with hundreds of people now. And, you know, I, I love what what, what you guys talk about on this podcast here. And it's about like empowering, you know, people to make decisions for them and their bodies. And I don't like when people tell someone what to do with their body or their diet. And I would never try to tell someone else what to do unless they ask my opinion. Um, So it's all about like these conversations of choosing yourself and, and nourishing yourself. And so that's what the book is about. That's what the podcast is focused on and about all those moments of choosing yourself in the moment. Oh, I love that. That is so
1: powerful. And we are focusing a little bit on the new you in 22, whatever that is, whether it's diet, exercise, mental health. Um, I have a question for you. So somebody who has not ever really learned about plant-based, Christy's dove into it a little bit, um, but really are like, okay, I want to do something healthier. I want to make some better choices. How do you get started? How do you suggest taking a baby step to get into that?
0: I love that question and I love baby steps and everything you do in the right, in that direction, like every bite counts, every single bite, every choice matters. So the first thing I would say is just add more plants, eat more plants. And when I started, there was no real internet, like we weren't really using the internet at the time. So now my goodness, you could Google anything like your favorite recipe and you could just put plant-based in front of it and you'll get hundreds of options. It's like become crazy ubiquitous and easier than ever. And instead of focusing on what you can't have or what you're cutting out, like the the seven ingredients, you know, meat, fish, chicken, eggs, dairy, whatever it is, uh, focus on what you can add. And like, if you look around the world, many many cultures, especially traditionally, were plant based. You know, we haven't been eating this amount of animal product until recent years, recent decades. And you could find delicious cuisine from around the world to meet anyone's palate. Anything you would love, that's all made from plants. So I encourage people to just think positive. Find a new ingredient, find a new recipe, just start adding to your repertoire and see how you feel and see what you love. And just, it's like learning a new language, just kind of one recipe, one bite at a time. So there's so many ways we could go with being plant-based. You have, you know, looking at it from
2: an environmental standpoint, um, but you talk about being vegan and how that is one of the only diets that can reverse chronic illness or
0: disease. Talk to us about that. Well, specifically, I don't want to overemphasize something. You know, I want to be very specific about that. Um, a plant-based diet is the only diet that we've seen actually re- reverse advanced stage cardiovascular disease and type two diabetes. And of course, cardiovascular disease is the number one killer in the world. So that's a big deal. And we've done that with diet alone. People get off their medications. I can't tell you. So I've been in the healthcare field for about 25 years as a trainer and, you know, but then as a dietitian for 17 years years now. And I can't believe I say results are typical. You can get off medications. Like people come to me with hypertension, hypercholesterolemia, hyperglycemia, chronic conditions that have been severe or just chronic for a long, long time. And when they switch over their diet, I watch them. I help them with their physicians, lower the dose, lower the dose. And people literally get off these medications that when I was in grad school and what I know where they learn in med school, it's once you're on these, That's it. This is for life. And the goal is to not increase the dose. But I see people get off of them on a regular basis. So it's quite extraordinary. Well, so for me personally, it was about two years ago. um, You
2: know, you hear a lot of talk about people having side effects with wheat, just a lot of stomach issues, Crohn's. And so I I was kind of going down that path thinking I must have something like that because anytime I ate, I was having a lot of pain and bloating. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to go. And do some research and see what I can, you know, if if I can do this vegan diet and see how that helps. Well, I did it for probably three months and I absolutely felt amazing. It was like I had just done this overhaul on my body, but it took some time to practice. Like you said, the recipes were easy to find, but it was I really planning, um, a lot of planning to make sure that I could maintain and it was sustainable for me. Different things happened after those three months, but it's always on my mind you know, when are you going to make that transition again? Because you felt the best you've ever felt. But, you know, I guess my question is, when you go down that path of vegan, it doesn't necessarily mean it's healthy. You do have to be thinking about how that's going to look, right? Like not all vegan foods or recipes necessarily are considered healthy. So it's not always going to mean weight loss.
0: Well, this is a great question. And this is actually newly exacerbated like on steroids. Like it has been exponentiated in the last 10 years, because when I would eat junk food, I'd have to make a cake and I would make it with, you know, like I would ooh, I would use, you know, I don't know, some flour maybe, but now it, you know, and, but I'd have to cook my main meals. Like I was cooking food or I'd eat just rice and beans and vegetables or simpler meals. But in the last five or 10 years, no, now we have anything you could eat. I could eat vegan. There's vegan candies, cookies, cakes, meats, burgers, for everything you yeah. have have vegan. And unfortunately, there's this health halo that comes attached to the word vegan, which is why I don't even use the word vegan. I try to emphasize whole food plant-based. Um, and interestingly, and I've been saying this now for about five years that I'm worried about that because for the first time in my career, I'm seeing clients come to me that are vegans that are having very similar health issues to the meat eaters. And this is a problem. You know, there's still those products have sugar and saturated fat and all sorts of things that I don't recommend. And that's not on a whole food plant-based diet. And so that is a big pitfall that I'm seeing for the first time. And I'm worried about that because the scientific literature is going to catch up, right? If you look at the research now, like the studies I was telling you about, about reversing advanced chronic disease, they stratify between vegan and then a vegetarian and a pescatarian and a lacto, whatever they have, these different stratifications based on the diet. And that's where we see these significant improvements, like the fewer animal products, the better the outcomes. However, if people are eating vegan, but the vegan is all this highly processed foods, we're not gonna see any difference. In fact, it might be healthier um, to eat a diet that has some meat or some fish and mostly plants. So it's the, the the language surrounding it, the options surrounding it are really important. And I'm really on a mission, my big mission is to change the language around macronutrients and the way we talk about food, because. Until we change that language, until we start talking about actual food, you know, like eating, I always say my list, it's vegetables, fruits, whole grains, legumes, mushrooms, nuts, seeds, herbs, and spices in infinite tasty combinations. Instead of saying a low carb, a high carb, a vegan, a paleo, nobody knows what that means. Everyone's confused from a, a huge, just a regular everyday person to a researcher in a lab and a healthcare professional. Everyone is confused. And so I think those are the biggest pitfalls, um, with following a plant-based diet, with diet in general these days. Okay. So the plant-based, cause I'm here, I am, I've, I've
2: kind of like married the two thinking that vegan and plant-based were somewhat in the same, um, but you're saying, I mean, it makes sense plant-based versus vegan. You do have the, I would say probably the clean more, would you say more clean, um, organic eating kind of walk me through that
0: difference? Yeah, no, it's a great question. And it's important. Um, no, I don't like the word clean or, or get, those things are also different things. Okay. What I'm seeing here and what I, what I define in my first book, and I continue to define probably in every book, cause I'm very, I think it's important words matter so much, right? Especially when we're communicating diet, vegan is an exclusive definition. It means I do not eat animals. So anything without an animal product an animal in it is fine. So you could have candy that's vegan. You could have um, a donut that's vegan, a burger that's vegan. That doesn't mean anything about its nutritional components or what it's concluding, or what it's not including. However, a whole food plant-based diet, which was coined by Dr. T. Colin Campbell. I've interviewed him several times over the years. He's, he was quite a pioneer in nutrition and um, it's, it's an inclusive definition. I eat whole plant. My diet is based on whole plant foods, which then I've distilled into that list because that kind of is an inclusive list of what the foods are. So if we talk about eat, six servings of vegetables, which is how I talk about it. If you go to my website, plantbaseddietitian.com and you look at the six daily threes, it's the foods that you need to prioritize for nutritional optimization, but it's foods. It's not like this many carbs and this many proteins because none of that matters. The reason there's so much obfuscation out there and confusing messaging is because there is no such thing as a perfect macronutrient profile. Macros don't matter, calories don't matter. It's more about what we eat, when we eat, how we feel, And I encourage, I work with my clients. The whole premise of choosing now is to go within. When are you truly hungry? When are you satisfied? What foods nourish you, make you feel good? So you could reduce your bloating and discomfort and pain upon eating. Like we don't, we don't want any of that. But when you talk about foods rather than nutrients or diet types, then you could really get into the weeds and make sense to people. so helpful. Okay. So I was, I was pretty naive
2: to that. I, I kind of put them in the same place, but now that you've spelled it out, I, I have a better understanding. So that's gonna be good for our listeners. If anyone's out there as naive as I am. Most
0: <laughs> people are because of what the messaging is. It's very confusing. You know, it's, it's in the media and it's from the healthcare professionals themselves. It's very, it's impossible to really understand when you're just listening and trying to take in all that information that's ubiquitous now and loud.
1: It is. And you said something that really hit me is focusing so many of us, I'm totally guilty of this, of trying to make better choices. And then I go, okay, what diet should I follow? How many carbs should I have? What is the calorie intake versus looking at it totally different, which I've never thought about of how am I really feeling? When am I hungry? What am I feeling my body with? Um, And I loved your infinite tasty combinations. I loved when you said that, that was, I wrote that down. I thought that was really good. Trying to make all the good stuff instead of what can't you have focus on what you can have and focusing really on how you're feeling.
0: Discover adventure, discover luxury, discover Moab with exclusive retreats for your next vacation or event. Wake up to amazing views only minutes from Utah's most breathtaking national and state parks and Moab's best shopping and dining. Enjoy your fully stocked vacation home with private pool and hot tub. Every room is a luxurious private suite, plus daily maid service and private chefs are available. Exclusive retreats, we're not your home away from home. We are better. Book
1: today at exclusiveretreats.com so I have a question how do we if we're like okay this is really powerful information Uh, you have a great website by the way a ton of information you have free recipes on there um where do you start is that the best place to go I know you do some consulting uh tell us a little bit more about that
0: yeah I mean I'm trying to offer things for everyone because I just want as many people to have this information as possible it's just You just want to like, I just want to tell everyone like, just eat more plants and make it easy. Cause I want everyone to be able to do it and not be overwhelmed and intimidated. I know it can sound intimidating and I really am passionate about it. It doesn't have to be perfect because there's no such thing anyway. And why burden yourself with that? I think that leads people to just downward spirals. So I, I, on my website, I've got blogs, I've got tons of blogs because I've been doing this for so long. Um, and I have my podcast where I talk about some of this stuff, um, mostly the mindful stuff, but I do a nutrition Q and a there. And I have my seventh book is coming out. I have a lot of information in my books. Like I really nutritionally dense or informationally dense in all my books because I want to get all that science in, but then the deliciousness, like how to make it, how do you make, cause it should be delicious. Like that's what my TEDx talk was about. It's like food is everything. It's not just, it is nourishment, but it's also family and culture and love and relationships and history. It's like everything. And you need to enjoy and love your food. And it shouldn't be, you know, if it's not pleasurable, you're not going to stick with it. And it's not about like restriction and misery. And I never want anyone to feel that way. Even I do a lot of weight loss. I I walk, I coach clients through a weight loss journey. Just a lot of people come to me for that. It's become one of my specialties. And even in that situation where you have to create a restriction, you have to, to lose weight. I still want my clients. I find the most success when my clients fall in love with their food and so it's all about making it delicious and easy and accessible. So yeah, books and reading and there's so much online now and but just be careful of who you listen to and what you listen to and like be careful of the the guru mentality. You know, you want to like really look as objective as possible and it's so easy to get swept up into following someone or following an idea and then, you know, it's there's it's really easy to get confused. So I when I was going down that path,
2: um my husband is the main cook i I rarely cook. He does all of it. Um he's also a big meat eater. And so he's got to have his protein, his carb, his vegetable, and that's, you know, pretty standard for him. So as I was going down this, I had to transition into doing all of the cooking because he didn't know how to do it. I was finding recipes. I'd bought books. And I was so surprised at how amazing the food was. And so they were, you know, waiting for dinner because they were loving it as much as I was and they couldn't believe the taste, but yet it was something different than they had both him and my daughter. And so they started kind of like slowly thinking, well, maybe, maybe I could do this, but um, it was one of those short periods, obviously, as we're still here, looking at how we're going to maybe look at this again. But my point is that there were so many amazing recipes and the food was so tasty Um, So I never felt like I was missing out. I never felt like I was lacking in anything, but I did appreciate that to start with, you know, for some that are like thinking about it or they're curious, maybe that one meal a day and offsetting what you're doing on a normal pattern with your eating and maybe just introducing one meal a day that is plant-based and then going from there as you get comfortable and used to finding the right recipes and actually just acclimating that into your world. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Right. I mean, I was part of, you know, like meatless Mondays and meat-free Mondays way back when, and one day a week go plant-based, but I think whatever resonates for someone. So a lot of people want to, I have a lot of clients that just want to dive in cold tofu. They're ready to go right now. And then there's some that really need to stepwise into it. And I stepwise into it. It took me years to transition. And so I think it, it's a personality thing, but I think the most important thing is to do what feels right for you. And um, the more, again, everybody matters, but the more you see how good it feels like the people that go in cold tofu notice a significant, more significant difference. Although for some people that are eating a really intensive standard Western diet, you know, like lots of processed food or fast food, I tend to see them have kind of like a, a rough week, maybe three or four days of kind of like a, a detoxification where your body's coming off of these very powerful foods. They do have drug-like effects in the brain, these dopamine hits. So. Sometimes I'll tell me, like my clients that are going to go all in. I'm like, okay, take it. Let's start on a Thursday. So you have the weekend to recover or just we give them a little time so that they could just prepare to just rest, let this stuff come out of your body. It's worth it. Um, but those are the people that really are so ready to go. Like they've had a major health scare. Are they just They've had it. They just are sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. I always hear that one. But so it depends on where I always meet my clients, where they're at. If you feel like you just want to dip your toes, by all means, start with one recipe. And I always talk about it, it all starts with one recipe. You don't even have to recreate the wheel at this point. I always tell the story when I was asked to write my first book about 11 years ago now. And um, my, I had two babies and I was, I got this opportunity. And it was like my dream come true. I've always wanted to write a book. I had six weeks. To write a whole book. And oh, by the way, and 50 recipes. And I was like, whoa, wait, I don't cook. I'm a dietitian Like I know medicine, I know health, I know, but cooking. So I had to learn and, and do recipe development, all of that in six weeks. So it was like a rapid course. And I was so resentful. And I was kind of like hating food and recipes, but I grew to love it. And so I'm, I'm saying that because it can be that stressful, but it doesn't have to be anymore. Now, now there are so many recipe books out there. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Just Find something that sounds good in one of the thousands of cookbooks or one of the hundreds of thousands of blog websites. I don't even know how many there are now. Find something that sounds good and doable, like at your skill level, culinarily speaking, and just follow the recipe. If you love it, put a heart on it, save it in a pile. If you hate it, either... Modify it or just throw it out and start again. There will be no shortage, which is why I always say infinite tasty combinations. There is no shortage of options out there.
1: Oh, that is great. I was just
2: going to say, you know, the other question that you hear or the comments that you hear is the cost, the myth of it being so
0: expensive when I don't think that's the reality. It is such a myth. Okay. Because first of all, you could eat a plant-based diet and an omnivorous diet and anything in between to any budget. Okay. So you can like I always do this kind of comparison. So let's say you're just on a standard American diet, right? You could have at home, you could make a tuna fish sandwich for really affordable, or um, you know, whip up an omelet or something, like with like really affordable, simple ingredients, right? On a vegan diet. You could do rice and beans at home or a simple soup at home with like very simple ingredients or baked potato and some frozen, you know, broccoli, like so affordable on the flip side of that, you can go out to a gourmet restaurant and have steak and lobster, or you can go to a gourmet vegan restaurant and have vegan steak and vegan lobster now, because everything is, you know, just veganized and there's everything in between. So it's easy. In fact, it's easier to budget on a plant-based diet because if you're on a healthy plant-based diet you're eating those staple quote-unquote peasant foods whole grains legumes your dried beans are very affordable i have my clients going to the big box stores and getting the stuff that lasts a while canned beans big bags of potatoes there's so many easy ways to do it on budget i think it could be easier on a plant-based diet to budget but it definitely isn't harder like anything it takes planning all all eating takes some level of planning and like you said before you have to plan but it's because you're learning this new way of eating you've been eating it one way your whole life once you switch you don't think about it at, like i don't think about it really i'm like i'm traveling everyone's like well how do you travel it's like i don't even have to plan anymore like i just know because it's become my new way of living and it just like anything habits become permanent eventually
1: Yeah. So for our listeners out there that maybe they're looking at, okay, I want to, I want to lose weight. My main focus is losing weight. Maybe it's not the health as far as what they're eating, but they're looking between different diets. What suggestions would you give them? What would you do to encourage them to look at plant-based? Because I, I don't know if a lot of people look at that first off to go, okay, I need to lose 25 pounds. What, what are my options?
0: What would you recommend? So you can lose weight a whole host of ways. I mean, including, you know, drug use and you know, your diet <laughs> and there's a million ways to lose weight. However, the healthiest way to lose weight, even scientifically shown, it's really supporting the literature. The healthiest way to lose weight is with a whole food plant-based diet. Another perk of doing it with a plant-based diet is that you get the most nutritional bang for your caloric buck. So most of those foods, the vegetables, fruits, whole grains, legumes, mushrooms, not the nuts, seeds, and the herbs and spices, very low calorie, very filling high fiber. So you get that satiety in your stomach for fewer calories. And then you're adding one to two ounces of nuts and seeds a day. That's on my six daily threes, um, for the essential fats. And it's just very easy to lose weight because you're not as hungry as you would be when you get that little tiny, teeny portion of meat and the little portion of right, whatever it is, like whatever fill in the blank diet plan. It's just the most satiating way and healthy is weight, because then every bite is full of fiber and phytonutrients and vitamins and minerals and water and just a wonderfully nutritious way to lose weight
1: oh that's wonderful and not to mention all the health benefits because also a lot of our audience we are 40 and better as christy likes to say i love that 40 and better but as our bodies change um, and as we get older and different health issues come into play Do you deal a lot with that, with your clientele that are like, Hey, I'm dealing with irritable bowel syndrome, or I've got, I mean, I'm just throwing stuff out there. Do you hear a lot of that?
0: I mean, I work with every age group I've worked with. I work with, I've had, I've had families I've worked with from the pregnancy to the infancy, to the toddler, to the, you know, childhood. I've worked with people throughout every part of the lifespan. I work with seniors. I work with athletes. I work with pro athletes. I've worked with every single group and I've worked with pretty much and every, no matter what the age group. I mean, not necessarily more so in the forties I'm, I'm in that, that same group too. It's like, you know, after mother nature is done with us or done procreating, you know, our bodies start to shift and things are more challenging for sure. That is for sure a true thing. But I also am saying, I think why well, no, because of our diets from early on, we're seeing more of these health issues at earlier and earlier ages. So I see kids now with obesity and liver disease, and I see, you know, seniors, I mean, like you see all sorts of things and. I mean, chronic disease is a major thing. Most people are suffering in some way or avoiding things, and it's just so prevalent. And what I love about a whole food plant based diet and why I can't stop talking about it is that it really is a one size fits all type of thing. It helps all of that. I've seen it help everything. Things we haven't even well documented in the literature yet, but it's coming because we all see it. And I've I've now lectured. I used to lecture to like a few doctors here and there at a conference, and now it's like my last pre COVID lecture was like to I think. 1200 healthcare professionals. And so more and more physicians and nurses and, and dietitians are seeing this and we're all reporting these stories and we're doing, you know, they're taking case studies and we're doing more research and it's just extraordinary how powerful diet is. And diet is officially now the number one cause of early death and disability in the world, more than smoking. Really?
1: Wow. Well, I did see on your website, you talked about picky toddlers or young kids. And that is, it is such a concern because I have heard that the way our weed is grown. I've heard a lot of different things about just environmental, just pesticides and different things that, but also the fast food. Now you've got all these different, you know, Uber Eats, whatever, you can have food delivered to your door. Um, And so it's so much easier to eat horribly, (laughs) make bad choices. Um, How do you shift that for young children? If you're a, a young parent, how do you help your kids get into a good, healthy eating habit?
0: So I could say this, I work with, I've worked with hundreds of families and children and parents of children. And I can say also personally, I've failed madly with my own children because my ex is not on the same page. And so it was a battle of wills and children want to eat what their peers are eating. It is so much more complicated than what I could say. But professionally, what I say to my clients, if the two partners that are parent or the two parents, or whoever's in the home, raising these children, if they're on the same page, it's everything that makes it so easy, because it's seamless. It's like, this is how it is. This is how we eat This is the food on the table. And that's how you're supposed to do it. You role model healthy eating, you offer healthy food, they don't want that. Oh, well, then I guess when you're hungry, you'll eat. It sounds really kind of old fashioned, but that's the only way around it. Um, and those are the people that have the most success and, you know, inspiring role modeling is number one, getting them involved is really helpful. Like starting a garden or taking them shopping, having them pick a recipe and, you know, obviously age appropriate. I did a, I did a little, um, kids cook Monday videos with my daughter when she was five and we made a pasta dish together. It's so, it's so cute to look at her. That was when she was sweet and innocent. <laughs> and now she's a, a rough teenage 16 year old, but, um, Getting them involved is really important. But again, what I say, it's like the people I love the closest to the most close in my life, like my parents, my, my kids, they don't, they know what I do for a living. I, you know, I've spoken around the world. I, you know, it's like, I'm an expert in my field. They have want nothing to do with what I have to say. You know, my, my daughter's teacher actually had me come speak to her class, her high school class a couple of weeks ago. And, um, it's cause she was already a fan of my work. And so they were interviewing me in front of her, her class. My daughter wanted to pretend I wasn't even her mom. <laughs>
1: We know so how that is. <laughs> you know,
0: it's so hard, but so as a parent, it's different. But as if you're out there and you're on the same page, try to get the same. Your everyone in the house or whoever's controlling the kitchen to be on the same page, because if you're going to battle constantly of let's put this in the cart, let's take this out the cart. No, she should. No, she shouldn't. It just gets so difficult. But if everyone just says nope, we eat this way, and we're having this for dinner, and the kids start. I've seen so many families they love, they love to eat this way. And they love, you know, they're, they're asking for this casserole, that salad and that, you know, like it just, it becomes, this is how we eat. And then when you go out in the real world and you see all this stuff, the junk food at schools, and you're battling all this, you've already got a solid foundation and you've got this stuff that's kind of planted and the palate is already set. And you know, the kids, what I've also seen is so cute is these kids will go to a party and have pizza or whatever, ice cream. And they get this stomach ache, like, oh, I don't want to eat that anymore. And they learn from themselves. So you could, if you're lucky enough to have everyone on the same page at home, it's a a much easier journey. But definitely worth the effort of at least trying and introducing
2: it. I guess then the next question would be for someone who is plant curious, what would be a big takeaway for us to go with? What's a message you could say, where, where to start? You've kind of talked on it in little bits and pieces throughout the episode, but what could be your main message to someone who's curious?
0: Okay. I'll say three things. One, stay super positive and make this a fun journey. Not a, oh, I should. It's like, just make it fun. It doesn't have to be challenging, difficult. No, it should be fun. This is your life and it's food and food is fun and fabulous and can be just so enjoyable. Make it enjoyable. Find things you love. If you hate broccoli, eat cauliflower. If you love, you know, whatever, pick what you love, you know, don't force yourself to eat something you hate. That's just silly. You're like, what's the point? Life is too short. So one, stay positive. Number two, build your repertoire. It all starts with one recipe. So we all eat, we've all grown up with stuff that's naturally plant-based. PB&J, a veggie stir fry, a, minister, a veggie soup, a you know pasta marinara sauce. Like we've all eaten things that were plant-based. We just didn't think about it in that way. So look for things you know that are familiar and build on that. And the third thing is radical self-compassion doesn't have to be perfect ever. You're not going to undo what you've done. Nothing is irreversible. You just take it one day at a time, one meal at a time, and really one bite at a time. And it's always going to be your journey.
1: Perfect. Oh, that is powerful. Perfect. Yes. This has been so informative and I have definitely, I've written some notes. I have some takeaways. So thank you so much.
0: You may have inspired me to take another journey with it again. Yay. It. Good. So tell our audience how they can find you. Sure. Thank you, Zuki. Find me at uh, my website is plantbaseddietitian.com. And at plantbaseddietitian.com, I have all my social media. I'm on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and YouTube, and um, either as plant dietitian or plant based dietitian. And um, yeah, and I have my podcast, Choose You Now Podcast. We're there too. So everyone take a listen at Choose You Now Podcast. Great. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Thank you
1: for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you think someone could benefit, please share. If there's a conversation you think we should be having or a topic that resonated with you, please let us know.
2: You can engage and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Pieces of a Woman Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. If you listen to us on Apple, leave us a five-star rating and a comment.